0: Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business. Hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon and the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 68 of Process to Profitability. Today I'm talking about interviewing your dream clients. If you have never heard of a dream client interview or you've never done one before, it may seem like a weird idea, but it is a great way to interview people who you want to work with and get an idea of what it is that they're looking for. So today we're going to be covering why interviewing your dream clients is good for your business, the basics of interviewing, writing questions that get to the point and give you what you need, getting ready for the interview, conducting it, and then what you should do once it's over. This is a topic that I have talked about on other podcasts as a guest when I talk about creating a business that serves your clients well. Dream client interviews are a great way to get information about the people that you want to work with so that you can really create products and services and copy that resonates with the people you are aiming to work with. Not only is this good for your business because it means that you're attracting the right people and you're bringing in the people you want to work with and making more money, but it's also good for your clients because you are giving them what they want in your service and not just guessing and hoping that it resonates and works for them. I conducted my first dream client interviews earlier this year, and while it was intimidating at first, it gave me a lot of great information that I have used in many different ways since. So today I'm going to walk you through a lot of how this is done and make sure you check out the show notes for this episode if you want to really read through all of this and don't want to have to take notes. Let's get started with talking about why conducting dream client interviews like this can help your business. For most of us, we have heard of people talking with their dream clients and you need to know who they are. You might have an avatar or a profile that you're using, but... If you are just making all of that up in your head, you're not really sure if it's actually what the person that you are trying to reach is looking for. We can't read people's minds and if you are not your dream client, then you can't be totally sure of what they need. So this type of interview gives you information about the dream clients that you want to work with. And why is that important? For a number of reasons. First, it gives you their words to use in your copy. So you can use this in your Instagram posts, on your website, your other social media. It can give you ideas for blog posts and podcast episodes because you know what they're struggling with and exactly how they would state what they need, the struggles that they're having, the benefits that they're looking for. And the more you can speak to them in their language, the more it's going to resonate not because you're saying something that isn't true, but because you're using the words that they are looking for when they are looking to hire somebody with your expertise. You can also better speak to their concerns. If somebody is telling you in an interview and you know that they are a dream client of yours and they are telling you what they're struggling with, you know that your other clients probably are as well. And so you can address these concerns, whether they are about what it is you offer in your service or how involved they need to be, how long it's going to take, or even if it's talking about concerns with the industry in general. When I talked to people for my dream client interviews, I heard a lot of people talking about designers who would take their money and then disappear on them. They wouldn't hear from them via email. They wouldn't be able to get copies of their designs, and they never knew what was going on. So I knew that when I designed my service and when I talked about it on my website and when I talked to people for interview calls to potentially work together, this was something I was going to need to address. I needed to give them a way that they could be confident that I was going to stay in touch with them. And while I was already doing that in my business, it reinforced that this was important and it reminded me that this was something that I needed to talk about on my website. So I send my current clients an email every Friday with updates about what I've been doing or just checking in with them, maybe telling them what they need to be working on for the next week so that they never have to feel like I'm just going to disappear and not get back with them. I mention this on my website, I mention this in my guides that I send to people because this addresses one of the big concerns that people have with working with a designer like myself. Another benefit to the interviews of this type is that you can think of new services that are missing in your industry. When we get to the question section of this, I'm going to give you guys a question that I asked, but it gives you really great insight into what people would look for and pay for in your industry that you might not have thought about. A lot of times we are so caught up in what we're doing and what everybody else has been doing and what the industry standard is that we don't think outside of the box. And it's not because we don't wanna serve our clients, but it's because if we never see that there's a hole, we're not going to know that we can be the person to fill it. So asking them about the types of services that they need and what they're looking for is a great way to fill those holes and to create something that people actually want to buy, which in the end leads you to make more money and serve your clients better because you're giving them more of what they need. You can also use these to get feedback on your ideas before launching something. When I conducted my dream client interviews, I was working on the strategic design roadmap, and this was how I was going to lay out my process for designing websites. I already had some idea of what I wanted to do. I had talked to a couple of people and brainstormed things, but I knew that until I talked to people who were actually in the process or had gone through a website design or were looking to have one done soon, I wouldn't know exactly what they were looking for. So by conducting a dream client interview and telling them a little bit about what I was thinking, I could get their feedback on what they thought made a lot of sense, what didn't make sense, what they'd want to see more of, what they didn't want to see, so that not only could I talk about it in the copy of my website and market it to people in the right way, but I could also change the process that I was designing before I even launched it to make sure that it would work for the clients I wanted to work with. So If you're convinced that you need to conduct some dream client interviews, I want to make that easy for you. It can be intimidating to get on the phone with people or on a video call and ask them these questions because a lot of times the dream clients that you want to work with are not people that you are already working with. I found that a lot of people do these when they are creating a new service or product, or they want to up-level their business. And so these might not be the people that you find easy to reach out to. It might be a little bit scary. So here are the basics. I always suggest interviewing three to five people. This is gonna give you a good idea of what is kind of a one-off answer that one person might like, and what is something that is actually what your dream clients are looking for. You should keep them around 20 minutes. And a good way to do that is to have eight to 10 questions and a really short intro at the beginning. And then use a scheduling software like Acuity to make it easy for people to schedule a time that works for your schedule and for theirs and send them automatic reminders, which is awesome. And then if possible, you should record the call so that you don't have to take notes while you are doing the interview, but you can write them down later. I use Zoom for this, and it's really great because I can see them on video, I can record the audio and the video, and we can have a conversation. So those are the basics of conducting a dream client interview. And the first step that you need to take is to choose the right people. The best way to do this is to choose people you know or already have a connection with. For example, when I conducted my own dream client interviews, I chose people who I had either worked with before in the past or who I had networked with and built a friendship with. This made it really easy to reach out with them for connections because I knew that they already knew who I was, they could trust me, and I would be able to really write an email and reach out to them in a way that was genuine. I wasn't just asking for their help, I was offering them something as well. And of course, you want to choose dream clients people you want to work with in the future or that you've loved working with in the past. The whole point of this is that you are looking to get information from the people that you want to work with moving forward. And so if you are just interviewing anybody who says yes, you're not going to get the best information. You need to narrow down on who you think that dream client is before you start reaching out to people. Once you know who it is that you are going to try to interview, you want to get prepared for the interview. So send your potential interviewees an email and ask them to schedule a time. You want to prepare them for what you're doing, but you don't need them to be prepared to answer the questions ahead of time. So in my email that I sent, it went a little bit something like this. I said hi, I included their name, of course, and then I included something personal, whether they had just had a life update or I had worked with them before, I made sure that I reminded them of our connection and that I saw them as a person, not just someone I could use to benefit my business. And then I asked them for their help. So what I said was, I know you're busy and I would love to have your help on something. Basically, I was giving them an out if they were really too busy, but I was letting them know that I needed something from them and I appreciated that it was going to be something that they needed to give their time for. And then I explained what I was doing. So I said, I'm currently transitioning my service from overall graphic design to just website design, and I want to make sure that I'm creating a service and a process that is really helpful for my ideal clients. I think that you fit that mold, and I know your insights would be really beneficial. Basically, I said, I am doing this thing in my business, and I'd love to get your insights so that I can make it better for the people I want to work with. I wasn't saying that this is a sales call or I want to pitch you my service. I'm basically asking for help as I work on my business. This was really beneficial for me because I work with other entrepreneurs. And so when I say I am working on a process for my ideal clients, they all understand what that means. They know that this is something that every business owner has to do, and generally, they were really willing to jump on a call or send me an email with answers so that I could get this information because they know that they're going to have to ask to do the same thing in their own business. If you don't work with entrepreneurs or business owners, you might need to word this a little bit differently. You can say, I'm currently updating the way that I shoot weddings, and I wanted to talk to some people who had recently gotten hired a wedding photographer, or had recently gotten married to talk to them about what they liked and didn't like. I would love to get your insights, but that would be really beneficial to my business. Make sure that they understand that this is kind of a favor and you're asking them for it, but you have thought about them specifically and you know that they would be helpful. Then explain what you need from them. So I said, I'd love to jump on a Zoom call with you for 20 minutes and ask you some questions about your business and the things you're struggling with. I was very specific. I said, this is how we're going to conduct the interview. This is how long it's going to be. This is what I'm going to do. That's a great way to do this because then they know exactly what to expect and how much time to plan for and whether or not they think they can fit it into their schedule. Do you know what your dream clients see when they come to your website? The only way to figure out how your dream clients are using your website and what makes them leave is to ask them. I've created a special UX test guide that you can get at lemoninthesea.com slash test. Inside, you'll learn how to structure a user experience test to get the best results, 18 questions to help you really see your website through their eyes, and my favorite way to find dream clients to help you. You need to look at every stage of your client's journey, from landing on your website to completing the final goal through their eyes, so that you know what to change right now to start converting more visitors into clients. Get the guide at lemoninthesea.com slash uxtest. Next, you want to give them a way to schedule it. So I said, if you're willing to chat with me and answer some questions, you can find a time that fits your schedule here. And I gave them a link to my Acuity scheduling calendar for a 20-minute slot that would give us time to conduct this interview. This way, we didn't have to email back and forth about whether or not they were willing to help or about scheduling a time. They could decide that on their own and then jump into a schedule right there and then wrap it up. So I said, if there's any way I can support you, just let me know and I'd love to help. Even if somebody said that they couldn't do the interview, I really wanted to help them because I knew that these were people that I had already connected with and I was wanting to work with potentially in the future or collaborate with. And so it was a great way to wrap that up and just offer my support for their own business because I was asking for it in mine. Again, you can check out the show notes to get that exact template and what I said. Feel free to copy it or make changes as needed, but you can find that on the website. Once you have a couple of people lined up, what you're going to need to do is write the questions so that when you jump on the call with them, you have them in front of you, and it makes it really short and simple. Use no more than 10 questions. Really, you should try to stick around eight so that you can really hone in on that 20-minute timeline that you gave people, and what you're going to want to do is ask the same things in different ways to get more information. Your biggest goal here is to learn about your dream client's pain points and struggles and the things that you are thinking that they want so that you can see if that's really on the right track or if you need to change what you're thinking. These are the questions that I used in my own interviews. There are 10 of them. And while I was conducting the interview, what I would do is go through these questions and if something felt like it didn't fit or if I needed to reword something, I would. But these were the questions that I used. Number one, how do you feel about your website? Number two, do you feel your website design is holding you back? So those two are very similar, right? I'm asking how do they feel about their website? Do they like it? Do they not like it? And then I'm asking how it's holding them back. So if they don't like it, can you give so specific about what isn't working? Number three, what made you decide to work with a designer for your website? This I asked if I knew somebody had previously worked with a website designer for their business, and this gave me insight into why it was that they chose to hire somebody to help them. Number four, what is the biggest challenge you face when it comes to your website? Number five, do you feel like your website is doing its job? Again, these are pretty simple, but it gives me a little bit of a different insight into things based on their answers. And if I felt like they had answered the question number five while we talked about question number four, then I would skip that and go on to number six. What type of website design service do you wish existed? This was a really helpful question for me because I got some great answers. Some of them I added to my process. Some of them was not something that I wanted to offer, but By getting this insight, I was able to make informed decisions based on what the people I wanted to work with actually wanted. Then number seven, what would you expect to be included in a website design and strategy? Because this is specifically what I was working on, design and strategy, I wanted to get people's insights into what they would expect when they saw that on someone's website. Would they be looking for design and coding and development? Would they be looking for analytics? What kind of information would they want to get so that I could fulfill that when I said that this is what I was offering? Number eight, how involved in the website design process do you want to be? This was another important one for me specifically because I had always marketed my process as something that my clients would work alongside of me with. But as I was transitioning into a higher end process, I wanted to see if the people who would hire that type of designer actually wanted to see things come together step-by-step, or if they wanted to be a little bit more hands-off and just approve things at specific intervals along the way. Then question number nine, what are your future goals and what type of support might you need? This was just giving me insight into ways that I could add to my packages or create retainers for people so that I could continue to support them on their website. And number 10 was one that I actually added while I was doing the interviews and that was what would you want to see in a design portfolio to give you confidence in hiring someone? I added this question because it came up in one of the very first interviews that I did and I wanted to get other people's answers as far as what was it that I should put on my website so that people would have confidence that I could do the job that I was saying I could do. That one gave me a lot of insight into how to lay out my portfolio, what information needed to be included, what types of projects I should be going after, and it was a great way to get more information and give them just kind of an easy question. Though, once you have those questions down, now it's time to actually get on the call. This is what was the most nerve-wracking. I knew that I could send those emails, people would say yes or no, and I tried to make it as easy as possible. I had the questions that I wanted to ask and I tried to make them insightful and easy to answer so that I could get the information I needed as quickly as possible. But now I actually had to conduct this interview and I had never done that before. So if you are in the same boat, I totally get it. And that's why I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. First, of course, is to get on the call. You're just gonna have to do it. They've already scheduled, you've got it all set up, you need to show up on time. Don't worry about things being perfect or having perfect audio and video and having all of your makeup on. Make sure that you look professional and be friendly, but just get on the call. Then really quickly remind them of what you're doing. Just tell them, you know, thank you so much for being willing to do this. I just wanted to ask you some questions so that I could get insight as I am redesigning my process or offering a new service. Then ask for their permission to record so that you don't have to take notes. Basically what I said here was, is it okay if I record our conversation so that I don't have to take notes while we're talking? Everybody said yes to this because it meant that I wasn't staring in a notebook trying to get everything down and missing things as we went. The benefit of knowing the people that you're interviewing at least a little bit is that they are more willing to say yes to these types of things because they know that it's going to help them to be able to have a more conversational tone and they want to support your business. Then ask your questions. You have them in front of you and you can adjust based on the answers that they give you, but go through those questions. Make sure that you keep it conversational but quick and then wrap up and thank them for their time. So make sure that you keep it to that 20 minutes, wrap it up for them and thank them for joining you on the call. I did have a couple of people who I interviewed who were clients that I had recently worked with and still had a retainer. So once we were done with that part of the call, then we jumped into talking about what website updates they needed, and that was totally okay with me. I knew that that might happen and I had scheduled time for it, but just be aware that if it's somebody you've worked with before or a good friend, you might get a little bit off track. Try to keep that to the end just so that you have one string of things you need to listen to and not a whole hour of answers in between other conversation. Now your interview's over. So what do you do with this information? How can you actually use all of this information you got? And this step is so important because you can collect all of the information that you want. And so many of us do this, right? We collect webinars and downloads and opt-ins and design files if you're a designer like me, but we never do anything with them. So here is what I did to make sure that I was actually using this information. The first thing I did was send a thank you email. I also included a $10 Starbucks e-gift card in it, but you don't have to do that. Just make sure that you thank them again for their time and offer your support if they have anything that you can help with. Then transcribe the interview. Because you recorded it on video, You don't have notes, but you can send it to a transcription service or you can listen back through it and write down what they said. But here's the thing, you don't want to summarize things, you actually want to transcribe it because what you're looking for is their keywords and the things that they specifically said. Then make notes. What I did was I transcribed all of my interviews and then I created four documents. One for common answers, so I had all of the questions listed. And I would pull in the answers for each of those from all of my people so I could see them in one place. And I would refine those down to something that I saw repeated over and over again. My second document was keywords. So what were words that they were specifically using that would help me to reach out to them in my SEO? So these were not conversational words, but these were the words that they might use to Google a service like mine. Number three was notes. So In my conversations, I had a lot of people say, well, I would really like this, or I would really like that. And it didn't feel like it belonged anywhere else. So these were notes about things I could make changes to or add to my process that didn't need to be included in website copy, but they were things for me internally. And the fourth was a word bank. So I went through these interviews, and I saw the words that they were using, the struggles that they were having, and I created a word bank for my clients so that I could have their words on my website, in my social media. And I have all of these on Google Drive so that I can refer back to them over and over again. And then the last step here is to use that information. So you've transcribed the interviews, you have these documents, now you need to use it. Here are a couple of ways that I use this information for my own business. The first, and this was most related to the reason that I set up the interviews, was to update my packages. When I first started these interviews, my idea was that I was going to offer one package and that was it. It was going to follow a process you could add on if you needed e-commerce, but everybody was going to go through the same thing. What I learned was that there were going to be people out there who needed something like a website customization, which I now offer for a website that they've already designed, but they just need a little bit of help. And nobody out there was offering something like that. So I made sure that I added it to my packages. I also used this information to update my process that I was laying out so that I could be clear about what I was including for my clients who said, this is what I really need to see in order to invest in a website design like this. You can also use this in your social media captions. So when you talk about your product and your service or you talk to your dream clients about what they're struggling with, you can use their words. And that's a great way to connect with them because it means that you know what they actually need. The next way is on your website copy. I did not rewrite my entire website after these interviews, but I did go through my copy and I changed things so that I was really addressing the pain points and the questions that my dream clients were having so that I could give them more confidence in working with me. And finally, I used this information in my onboarding emails. So when I set people up to start working together, they get a series of onboarding emails that just reaches out to them, and I could use this to craft those emails so that they would, again, have the confidence that they had hired the right person. So what can you do? If you think that this is a great idea, but it seems really overwhelming, here are three action steps you can take to get started. Number one is to make a list of past clients and people you know that you would like to interview. That's it. Make a list. Number two is create a list of questions to ask. You can brainstorm these questions, get them all ready to go. And number three, send an email explaining what you're doing and asking for their help. Again, in the show notes for this episode on my website, you can find the exact email template that I used if you want to copy that, or you can write your own. But either way, just write that email and hit send. If people say no or don't answer, that's okay. It might happen, but you are going to be surprised at the number of yeses that you get. I hope that this helped and I hope that as you go about conducting these interviews with your dream clients, you can get some insight into your business so that you can continue to serve them well as your business grows. If you liked this episode, I would love it if you would share it on Instagram and tag me at Lemon in the Sea or leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. It really helps people to find the show and get better guests so that we can talk about the topics that you are concerned about in your own business. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.